Hello and welcome to the Second Row Podcast. My name is Port Kelly and on Friday you'd have heard myself and Ushin Collins start a lockdown series where we talk about all things Connacht and hopefully on a Monday or Tuesday you'll hear from other people to do with rugby and today I have Fraser Gao. That is how I say your name properly, isn't it? Before I... Yeah, that's that's the one. That, great, uh, great pronunciation. <laughs> who is the club and community administrator with Connacht Rugby, the head coach of the girls under 18s team and all-round sound fella, as I've met him a few times out. Uh, how are you doing, Fraser? How are you getting <laughs> yeah, on? How are you coping? Uh, all, all good. No, thanks. Thanks for having me, Porg. Uh, great, to, great to be on. Um, I think it's really good. You know, I, I think you guys discussed it last week, but I, the amount of podcasts and stuff I've listened to over the last uh, last week or so has been been crazy. And, and even just, you know, it takes your, takes your mind back to rugby for, for a wee bit. Um, but yeah, all, all good, you know, surviving here. So I think it's just... Everyone's in the same boat at the minute. It's it's tough, but yeah, we'll we'll get through it eventually. You know, it all it is all a bit weird. You know, I I found out that like you're at home, you're still doing a bit of work for Connacht. I'd be guessing like on the admin side and just yeah, keeping things yeah, ticking yeah. over. Uh, how are you working? Like, what do you, like for anyone who doesn't know, what would your job be? And like, how are you still doing it now? Yeah, is it, to be honest, the, the overriding thing for me is uh, it's probably still not sunk in yet that this is you know where we're at you know and it'd probably take take another couple of weeks to to realize this is the new norm um, for us but but yeah so at the moment fortunate enough that, that we uh, myself can work from home you know on certain things and um, i suppose my my roles kind of split across a couple of different departments so one one side would certainly be the admin side so kind of looking after the clubs and, and certain club support so even just just offering you know, assistance to the clubs at the at the moment. Obviously, answer any questions they may have. You know, it's a difficult time for for them. You know, in terms of their, you know, even you know them as as businesses, um, and even just you know discussing, I suppose, the different different grants and things that are, would have been available anyway for for clubs. So so going through that side, and then also um, on on the other side, you know, in terms of coaching. Now, obviously, unfortunately, we can't be on the ground coaching, but um, I think a key task for us over the next wee while will be updating our coaching accreditations and um, that's obviously a key part of, of of coaches going through different coaching courses and different stages and and i suppose with with a bit of time on people's hands now they can complete the relevant uh, relevant requirements uh, so they can be awarded those those different accreditations so that's probably going to be my main focus over the next however long uh, we're in this situation but it's certainly going to going to put us in a you know in a, in a better place you know um once we come out the other side anyway yeah, it's great to see like the likes of Galwegians and Sligo off the top of my head who have been offering assistance to their local community and different clubs putting up like little training techniques and things to do at home. That must make your job that bit easier to see that they're engaging with the public like that. Yeah, it's great. <clears throat> you know, it's great to see, you know, the clubs, you know, even just doing it off their own, going back as well. You know, um, I think I, I know I, I listened to last week's uh, podcast and I think that sense of community you know, it really does kick in and, you know, in tough times like this. And, and even just the sharing of clips or, you know, different videos where, where players who, you know, would normally be used to training in, in a big group on a on a Tuesday, Thursday, or certainly at least two times a week and then have a match at the weekend. At least they can keep them ticking over and, and, and even, you know, try and try and reverse some of the, the boredom, I suppose, that, that can can be there. Um, but there's also, uh, from from our side, uh, as a coach development team, we'll, we, we're going to be producing kind of a series of, of things to be sent out. I know some of the coach development officers already are are sending um, sending different things around because you know 
make the, I suppose, as as Bill Beswick would say, uh, you've just got to restory the situation. And at the moment, for coaches, it's actually it's actually probably a good time to, um, to do to be doing some form of CPD or some form of learning, so that when we when we do get the chance to get back on the pitch, you know, we can put that that stuff into action. And like, say for say if you're advising me, for example, that I wanted to be a coach tomorrow, I'm like thinking I've all this time in my hands. Where would you send me now? You know, the online tools or even when Conk, is there any kind of avenues to go down? Yeah, for for the majority of coaches that, that would have started, they'll, they'll be on a system called, uh, so they'll be on the various systems that we have. And so probably the easiest way is just to, to get directly in contact with me um, around that. My details are on the on the Connor Rugby website. Um, so even um, what we will be doing, as I say, we'll put putting together a kind of package of different things for for coaches, and I can I can send them you know directly out. So if anyone if anyone does if any anyone's listening out there that's a, a budding coach or, or is still to, to complete their accreditations, then then now's the now's the time to do it. And as I say, my my details are on the on the website, so they're they're more than more than more than happy to uh, to speak to them uh, around that and just advise. You know, and what uh, what they can be doing, you know, with with this this bit of time in our hands. Yeah, like that's that's great, and that's great to hear. And I was actually just before I move on, I don't want to kind of get away from. I want to kind of go into more of the rugby side of things because you're a coach as well. But I do want to find out um what was it like in Connacht when the kind of the shutdown effectively was announced? Like, what was the the feeling in the group? Because like. I'm up there the whole time. That's a tight knit group, even in the office, you know. And to kind of go from that to nothing, it must have been quite odd in there on the day. Yeah, I I think it's probably probably be the same reaction as as most, you know, you know, businesses etc. around Galway and and even further afield. You know, I think it was one of you know a bit uh, you know shock and a bit of disbelief, but then also you know I suppose just realizing the seriousness of the situation um, and that. But yeah, obviously, sport and, and and rugby, you know, plays plays a massive part in in our, in our communities, and you know, is is the hub of a lot of communities. Um, but you know, I suppose just realizing that you know the seriousness of, of what's going on in, in different countries, and also that you know that people are you know losing their lives because of this, and it's something that we just all need to club together. And and yeah, as much as we miss the sport, you know, it will be back. You know, and and when we get back, you know, we'll, we'll thank you know. Uh, thankfully, we we have that, but you know, it's just I suppose that that realization of the actual seriousness of the situation, and even even myself speaking with my my friends and, and stuff. Um, I'm originally originally from Scotland, but even speaking to my mates and my, my family back home, I think it's only sinking in uh, with them now as well, just because they are they were maybe slightly slightly behind, you know, where 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 Ireland was at. Um, and it's only really kept in the last maybe maybe well the end of last week for for them. So so we are I suppose we're we're a bit ahead of them at that point. So passing on different different things to do to to pass the time to them. Yeah, I get you. It's 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 really weird. And, and like I said, you are from Scotland. Yeah, you're from Glasgow originally. Yep, a proud proud Glasgow man. But uh, as I've been been referred to the 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 glass region turned gall region so i <laughs> i do like that phrase and uh, i'm proud to proud to be here and proud to work and represent connect as well what was your path to connect rugby because i've like I, a, I i was looking you up today and you've coached since effectively 2010 you know if not longer i'd say but you've worked with glasgow warriors you've worked with schools you've coached 
universities, like you have actually a good background in coaching. How did you get from there to Galway? I suppose it's as as one of the, some you know a lot of people would ask me or how you know how did you end up in, in Galway or, or working with Connacht and yeah I, I suppose sport has always been you know one of my my main passions and rugby certainly was my, was my main sport um played a bit a bit of football or or soccer as it would be known known here but um yeah rugby was certainly certainly the the sport for me and the one that I, I probably excelled at um the way I got into coaching I suppose was when my final year at school we had to do a kind of uh, I suppose it was a, a community kind of give back or, or or some voluntary work I suppose to make up the hours of this certificate that we were doing um, and I I chose to volunteer just helping out um, you know some of the, the coaching teams and the pri- and with the primary rugby so that would have been you know kind of six six to eight year olds um, and, and to be honest after the first session doing it, I was like, geez, I'm never doing this again because uh, at times, <laughs> at the mini level, it can be, you know, it's herd and, herd and sheep and, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. But um, the, main, the main point there is they're, they're having fun, but you're absolutely shattered after it. So I certainly, you know, my, uh, the credit has to go to all those mini coaches that, that start off, you know, and, and are bringing those players through, you know. Um, and then from there, when I went on to uni, my my degree was was sport and active lifestyle promotion, and then I I was fortunate enough that I, I progressed on to do a masters in, in in international sports management. So, and around that time, I was doing a lot of things with with Glasgow, as they would have been my my home club, you know, kind of ten minutes around the Scotland's ten minutes on the corner from my house. So would have been would have been really easy to access them, and started off kind of. Just volunteering on a match day, then progressed into working at their their Eastern summer camps, and then uh, did an internship uh, with with Glasgow and, and the marketing commercial team, um, and that you know put me on you know a really good path you know with the experience etc to to move into a full time role, and then I just it was actually through LinkedIn I saw the the, the job in uh, with Connect uh, advertised first time I'd actually been over to to Ireland was was coming over for the interview. And then, you know, two weeks after that, I was I was packing the bags and heading over to Galway for a new new adventure. And uh, I've certainly been that, and you know, I'm I'm thoroughly glad that I took that took that opportunity to come over. Yeah, like I've I've seen you down in Murty Rabbits on occasion, and you are you're very much welcomed as part of the family. You're like you'd swear you'd swear you've been around for a lot longer than you have been. <laughs> I think you know I I try to with anything or. Anybody that's probably worked abroad or worked in different different areas, certainly in sport as well, I think you just have to immerse yourself in everything. And and as as you guys were speaking last week about the the community, like and sometimes that can be bandied about a lot, even that word community or communities, and it's kind of you know sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily mean stuff, but it, it does. It certainly applies here because. As you say, you know, I couldn't couldn't be uh, people that I've met, even you know, as you say, down in down in the down in the pub and stuff like that, and you know, the, with the Connick clan, and even just having discussions, they're actually they're interested in, you know, my my experience, you know, uh, having you know, being from Glasgow and supporting Glasgow at, at that time. Obviously, um, my colours of colours have now changed, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's just a great place to work. You know, it's a great. Um, great place to be. You know, it's a lively, lively enough, enough place as well. So, you know, it keeps me keeps me going. Yeah, and you are more than just the the guy who works in Connacht rugby. Like you're a coach. You coach the Galwegians senior women's team. You, like I said, you coach the 
underage Connacht girls. What did you take from your time in Glasgow that you've brought into your coaching? And then I'll talk about your Connacht, uh, your Connacht side of that again. Yeah, I think as a coach, for me, what I've learned, you know, and even starting out in 2010, and I started out when we first started proper coaching with uh, one of the the underage teams at my old school, uh, me and me and my my good mate from 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 Glasgow, we we didn't have a clue what we were doing, like absolutely no clue, like and again it was it was really difficult, and we just we planned stuff as well, and then it just wouldn't happen the way that you you think it's going to happen in terms of numbers, or sometimes you might not have the equipment, or something's happening. So I think ad- ad- being adaptable, you know, adaptability, you know, having that skill to go right, okay, that wasn't a plan even though you might have spent half an hour, 45 minutes on that, right, we have to change it or we can't stick to this plan because A, we might not have the numbers to do a, a games type scenario. We, we might have to change it to, you know, um, kind of one-on-ones, you know, and, uh, you know, and just those different things to be able to vary it while also ensuring that you're keeping like a learning element, but also, you know, keeping it fun. And, and, and for me, it doesn't matter what age you know age group you're playing, whether it's minis or up to adult. You need to be enjoying it because if you just do the same thing week in week out, then the players are going to get disinterested and you're not going to be learning. You know, ultimately. No, and when you're in Glasgow, what? Who was head, actually who was head coach of Glasgow when you were there? Was it Gregor Townsend? Yeah, uh, Gregor Townsend was the was the head coach um, of Glasgow when when I was kind of involved in different different roles. Um, roles there, um, and having you know studied a lot of the things that, that, that Townsend would 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 profess to, you know, certainly growth mindset is is massive, and and it's sometimes it's it's, it's a buzzword, you know, in, in coaching. But he, for him, that was a massive part, and you know, he's got different videos on YouTube, etc., where he talks about that, and and also has different experiences from the different environments that he. He would have worked in, but he's a firm believer in that that growth mindset aspect, and and I took I took a lot of that as well. Um, in that you have to, for me, you have to give players that responsibility to to be able to learn, but also to be able to drive standards and and drive their own learning. Because um, if you know if the players don't want to do it, or if the players are not you know maybe interested in in different areas, etc., then you know, it's it's very difficult to to force that upon them. So really for for me and for a lot of my coaching is, is driving that, take the players taking responsibility. And and there's different elements when it comes to especially when working with underage players, even just getting them used to a certain way of doing things or a certain environment. Uh, and then then obviously when they move up to, to, to kind of eighteen up to through to to adult players, you know, there there can be that more driving of their own learning or taking on that that more responsibility obviously there's a big difference between coaching underage and senior people but what would be the kind of the key difference that you kind of go having that bit more experience of life that kind of helps at senior level yeah i think there is you know and it's the same same with anything you know there's there is a sense of naivety uh, to some extent and possibly underage players now sometimes it's good because they feel like they're on top of the world or they can't be you know, can't be beaten or they can't be, you know, this or that. But sometimes there is just need to, you know, that sense of taking a step back and even just being able to review that maybe I've been taught one way, but now I'm with a different coach and, and we're trying to do it a different way. Um, and even things like, for example, there would have been a couple of situations which, you know, even game scenario based stuff, 
one of the friendlies we would have played last year where we were kind of tapping and going from our own 22. Um, you know, which there's, there's obviously a need for, but it was just at a point in a game, but it was just getting the players to understand, well, think about the decision you're making and where you're making it on the field. You've got to take into consideration, you know, the weather, the score at the time, you know. Do we need to tap and go for 20 points up? Realistically, no. If we're two points down and, you know, there's five minutes to go and our kicker's gone off injured, then then yeah. But it's just getting players into to that mindset, especially, and, and, and players that won't have experienced those situations or scenarios before, where they are, you know, coming through the underage ranks, and it's just getting them to learn those. And we we did we did a few kind of scenario based things about about penalties and, and areas on the pitch. And we gave them a scenario, and uh, one of the obviously options is is take a scrum. And our our forwards coach was uh, was joking that geez, and all all four of them I would have taken a scrum uh, just because he loves scrummaging, but <laughs> might not have been the might not have been the right answer all the time. But it was just different. We tried to do different things to get them to that point where. They, they were experiencing those situations. And I know even, I think I heard a story when Pat Lamb was there or through his coaching, they, they would maybe play a game at the end of training and it would be literally, okay, guys, you get two minutes to score. If you do score, then that's the end of the session. But it's just, it's getting to them to that point that, you know, you're under a, a pressure or a constraint here and sometimes it'll go for you, but sometimes it might go against you. And it's about learning, you know, if it goes against us, what could we do differently to make sure next time that we do score or next time we hit, make the touch or we convert the penalty, you know, different different things like that. And that's a lot of what I would base my coaching on, kind of scenario-based um, and, and situations as well. And you have had success with that. You know, the Connacht under-18s won the title, not this season, season four last, with you as head coach. That was that must have validated how you coached. It must have been some experience. Yeah, and and as I say, I think there was there was even some times where, you know, maybe there was there was a, players were kind of well, Fraser, we're not used to this, or we've never. But I was like trying to say to them that well, that's good. You're not used to it. It's, it's a different maybe style or a different type of, of of thing we're trying to do. But as I think once they got beyond that initial kind of fear or initial, oh well, we don't do it this way. Well, now we do do it this way. I think once they once they got beyond that, you know, they realised that okay, we we actually maybe have a bit more, bit more freedom, you know, to express ourselves or you know, you know, to do certain things, and also that that you know they were learning and and, and that season, you know, in fairness, that was uh, it was phenomenal, you know, in terms of even you know the players that we had, you know, we had a great group of players um, both on and off the pitch. They were really tight in that group. You know, really enjoyed you know that first season. You know, there was. There were certainly stresses and, uh, you know, things that we, you know, when we look back on it, we're like, why did we do that? You know, you know, but we, we had learnings from that as a coaching team, you know, as well. And, and, and yeah, you know, we went on, we won it, you know, et cetera, which was, which was fantastic. But even just to see the, you know, the, the group of players there, you know, a lot of those players have gone on and, and they're now pushing on to, to bigger and better things as well, which is, is fantastic to see. Yeah, I think the the standout from that year was Baven Parsons, who, as I, I think I, I said this on Twitter and it, and and to anyone who listened to me, if Baven was in male rugby, she'd be talked to like James Ryan is right now as a second row when he was breaking through. She's just that talented, and there must be something nice about coaching someone who you know will make it as an international from almost day one. Yeah, I think you know we you know we. 
it, it was very clear and and Bevan as well has got you know a good head and her shoulders like you know she she was one of our captains you know for a reason as well it didn't matter what age she was you know for us because she was just a natural leader in, in that environment um, and and yeah she's massively massively talented and and to an extent yeah I, you know she you know she if you know in the, in the male game she maybe talked about more but I think also that even though Baven obviously entered the international scene last year etc I think this has been the year that she's even you know stepped up again you know in that um, and I, I think as well more people are realizing you know that the, the, the talent that's, that's there um, and, and also I, I think it's I think I don't think it's a bad thing in, in fairness as well because I think um, you know Given you know Baven's only only just eighteen, you know she has a bit busy you know schooling etc going on. So I think it's not it's no harm for people to gradually realise you know the you know, certainly from a media point of view and outside of outside of Connacht as well. But I think we all we all know certainly if you're you're involved in Connacht or or have been and, and certainly coaching in, in the women's or girls game that that there's you know Baven uh, trailblazer and. Um, as well, but there's 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 loads of you know talented players coming through that underage structure, which is is credit to the work that you know the the women's development officers are doing, um, and and also the the work in the, the stellar work in the clubs, you know, and it's only gonna it's only gonna get better, you know, um, in the in, in the coming seasons as well. Yeah, like there's so many from that group that went on to represent Ireland, and then this year there was seven girls who got named for Ireland. Like, are churning out really good underage talented girls and I think it's great to see I'd, I'd like to see them to have more games of the year do you kind of worry to a bit that there's only one AIL team in Connacht that some of those girls can gravitate towards I know they all head towards college and find teams as they go around but it'd be nice seeing under 20s level that they could kind of have another stepping stone to go and then hopefully more teams could have senior clubs because they're keeping players within themselves but that's just my thoughts on it anyway. Don't know about you. I think the next couple of seasons are going to be huge for, for the women's game um, and, and Connacht. And, you know, with, with um, you know, the, the Connacht League as well. And again, once that get back, back up and running, you know, next year, that, that again, that's going to get stronger and, and build. And I know new teams entered this year. Um, and again, it's, it's about them kind of building their profile, building their player pool. And obviously, you know, ensuring that we get competitive matches against against all sides but in in the long run you know the, the aim would certainly be to have more than one women's team in in the AIL from Connacht you know if you look around all all the other provinces you know they, they do um, at the moment obviously the the expansion next year as well but you know hopefully in the next couple of years so maybe maybe two three years down the line that that will happen and again once that does happen, you know, I think even just that competition as well will, will be a great opportunity for players to to stay in Connacht and play their rugby with with whichever team they want to. But you know, there's life life challenges with that as well. You know, if you go away to college or go away to work, etc., then it might not be viable to come back and play your rugby in Connacht. You know, you might choose to pick a team, you know, wherever you're based, which it, and that's absolutely fine as long as you know at that level you know they're, they're playing games and, and developing from there yeah no i i just dream of a day that there's a a the pro 14 for women as well at the same time that goes side by side with the men's game and there's just this steady stream of uh, academy and growth and but that's just a personal dream oh, yeah, of mine you, that you, one day and you can see it uh, happening a couple of years down the line 
I'm a very much a build it and they will come type of person. Just chuck the money in it now and let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and absolutely that would be that would be great to see. Absolutely fantastic to see. I think it's just you know it's not going to happen overnight. Is is the thing? I think that that foundation needs to be built first, and certainly in Connacht, you know, the, there is a good foundation there, but we can't just rest on that. You know, the, the both the both you know Connacht and the clubs as well still have that responsibility to keep you know ensuring that you know we have players coming through from from as I say mentioned early on you know the, the minis coaches you know right through to you know to um to players that are are going to feed into the adult game and then you know hopefully move on to you know to play provincial level and then even you know further than that hopefully um but yeah probably I totally agree you know hopefully down the line you know that's that's where we'll be at you know in a couple of years time um and and that would be that would just be fantastic like to see you know to, to see those players have that platform to to go and you know show their you know their abilities and their talents um, and that at the end of the day, the rugby players, you know, they're no, no, from my point of view, even the, even though there's slight different, small differences in, in, in different things, you know, in terms of coaching, but coaching a, a male side or coaching a female side, you know, for me, the rugby players and, and it's, you're still getting the same content. You're still trying to do, you're still trying to achieve the same goals as you would be in the male game. Or, or whether you're coaching the male game or coaching the women's game. Yeah, no, I had one of the women's players come up to me during them, the Interpro series this year go, uh, Park, you're kind of harsh on us. I'm like, no, I talk to you about you the same way I talk about the men. And they kind of realize that if I give them that respect as well, that hopefully that builds and builds and builds. You know, you have to give them the same respect as you'd give the men's game because they are rugby players. And I expect rugby players to have a certain standard, you know, as would you as a coach, be it male or female. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and as I say, there are there are differences you do need to get used to. But I think once you once you've been in that environment for those first maybe couple of months, etc., you get used to you know the, the way people. And I, again, no different to any rugby player, but the way people respond to certain things, etc., as well. So, geez, we're you know twenty twenty now. You know, it's same game. You know, for, from my point of view, and it's just you know the. There's no need to put put a label, whether it be male or female. You know that that is, and again, it's something that's that's going to develop over time. But they're rugby players, and uh, they're all doing the same thing. Things they're all striving to do the same things in terms of win games and you know win win titles. You know, so they should be absolutely you know treated treated the same. You you said there there are minor differences. Could you just go through them for someone who like I've never I've never coached someone before in my life. You know I am one of the people I was talking about. Goes how do I get into coaching? I was talking about myself there as much as anyone else. But <laughs> what would be those small differences that you're talking about? Like I, I say they are small. Yeah, I I think there's there's certainly a lot more. You know, I think the the famous way it's put is that you know if if you if you said to if you said to a lad to do something. Then, without hesitating, he'd do it. So if I said run through that brick wall, and again, that's no that's no slight on on lads or, or male rugby players, but if 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 a coach said you know right do this, then they would do it um, without hesitation. But I suppose the the key thing is you have to understand well why are we doing this or or what benefit is this going to give us, and and I think you know coaching female players is you know. Which is great because they they will come back and ask questions and they will say, well, Fraser, what would we do here or what would be the you know the the different situation here or or you know or again kind of what I spoke about in terms of the the scenario based coaching you know there's a certain 
time on the clock, we're down by seven, you know, what what do we do? But they, they want to learn, you know, is is the key thing. And and lads obviously want to learn as well, but it's just that just the a different way that the players might be more inclined to ask why or or ask for more examples, you know, which is great because it means that I can I can be going back and finding clips and, and finding you know even even YouTube's a great source you know for different things just to to, to show players you know even different lineout variations different um, you know plays etc. So you know it's just that possibly just that questioning aspect that they 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 want to know why but they actually want to understand why we're doing something. Whereas even me more so as a player there would have been times where I didn't understand why we were doing it. Or what? What you know? Well, I hope I could maybe execute it, but I didn't actually understand why. But I, didn't, I never asked the question, um, and it's now now I'm a coach. Uh, you know, it's more it's more asking that why. So I think that's that's probably the the, the, the main difference um, that I've kind of I've kind of spotted. You know, and a couple other things, but but again, nothing nothing major that would be would be separating the you know the games that much. Yeah, no, that's um that's amazing. Like. I, I I was the same as you. Like when I played, I was like, "Go hit that rock, okay?" You know, and that's just and that's just the way I went about it. You know, I just I did what I was told. It's great to see that there's that extra level of trying to understand what's happening in the game because that'll lead to better decisions. Yeah, and and that's no more so. Like, Parry, honestly, I'd be ten times the player that I was, um, even just from from understanding it from a coaching point of view. So uh, hopefully, if I get, I've still got a bit of time on my side if I can get back on the pitch. So. But uh, you might hold me to account of, on this, but honestly, I'd say I'd be a much better player because I, I actually understand it from a coaching point of view, why we're doing this, what we're trying to get out of it. Um, and I, I, I hopefully wouldn't be running about like a headless chicken uh, as, I, <laughs> as I maybe maybe did in my youth. Um, got a wee bit better through the, the last couple of years. But yeah, um, certainly from, you know, from a coaching point of view, um, you understand the game just, just so much more, you know. Like you're there saying you talk about resources that you would um when you'd be asked a question you'd look for resources and other things like that. It must be great to have a coach that's like Andy Friend in Conf Rugby who seems to be very open to questions. And actually his full team seemed like that as well, you know. It's great to have that type of rugby knowledge to kind of draw from and being in the office with them as well. Yeah, I, I, the the whole environment is just, you know, is I I find excellent, you know, you know, you could go and like I could be chatting with Andy or chatting with any of the guys, you know, in the canteen or you know around the office. Just about, just even I, I actually went down even a couple of weeks ago to to Peter Wilkins just to ask him a question uh, around defence or just run an idea past him, and he's he he loves that though. He's he's again kind of they they encourage that as well, you know, and they just as we're doing, they love chatting about rugby. You know that's their that's their passion. That's their you know livelihood at the end of the day as well. And also just even different ideas or different again. You know why would you do this or what else could you do in this scenario or this situation? And yeah, that's that's the environment that that is there. I remember Peter doing a defense session when I kind of first started and, and when he he first started and, and he was basically one of his quotes uh, or or something he kind of goes by is that. Make sure um, you're. Uh, he was talking about experience and, and a coaching environment. He just said, make sure that um, twenty years of experience is not just one year repeated twenty times. You know, which really resonated with me that y- you do have to go out there and, and try different things. 
you know, there's no point in me as a coach, or certainly for me, there's no point in me just doing the same thing year in, year out, because is it helping me or is it developing me? No, not really. You know, I need to maybe put myself out there and try different things, try different systems or structures or, you know, and yeah, there'll be things that, you know, I believe in that is not necessarily right or wrong from the from the rugby perspective, you know, even just in terms of what kind of defence do you play? Do you play a drift? Do you play, you know, a kind of a hammer or, or blitz? And, you know, different coaches will have different views on that, but that's not right or wrong. That's just different opinions. But again, even just if you have one opinion or, or one thing, maybe try out something different um, and, and you, know, you know, you might find yourself changing your, change your own view. I know, I know that's happened, happened a good few times to me. Um, so that, that quote really resonated with me from, from Peter and, and, you know, the other guys, Jimmy and, and Nigel, you know, again, just great, great resources and great guys with, you know, huge experience of the game of rugby. And, you know, even out with them, you know, you've got Colm Tucker and um, all the, the coach development officers as well that, you know, there's just so many people you can bounce ideas off um, or, or even ask things. Um, so, yeah, it's um, that's, again, makes it makes it for me, you know, just that, that great environment to work in. Yeah, because I was thinking Nigel as was the former under Irish under twenties head coach, like his ability to work with underage players. It's a resource you can take from, cause he has done it for longer and he has the same experience of getting players from different provinces, different clubs and making them gel for six weeks of the year. Like you would with Connacht. There's a nice parallel to that. Yeah. And, and people who, you know, people who, who would have been in the same situations that, that I would find myself in sometimes. And, and, and certainly that first year, you know, even just trying to find out as much information about how would you structure a program that's running for like, you know, say eight weeks, you know, how, how would you go along, you know, that route in terms of an S&C point of view, you know, from your coaching point of view, you know, in terms of what does your day look like, you know, and and again, even, you know, through the through the learnings that first year, although, it, you know, it was a great success on the pitch, there was a lot of stuff off the pitch that, that we felt we hadn't nailed yet. And then last year, you know, again, we, you know, we, we made diff- we made changes, you know, did, did different things, even just as simple as bringing in kind of review sessions for us so we could review the session from the weekday before or the week before um, and just point out, you know, to players in terms of that individual feedback. You know, this summer, fingers crossed, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see where we get to over the next couple of weeks and months. But you know, there's be there'll be different things we want to bring in this year again. You know, so I think it's that constant. You're constantly learning. You know, all the time. You have to constantly review as well. There's no point in just doing the same thing over and over again because we know we can you know drive it and, and make it better and make it a better better environment for for the players and and ultimately you know help the players develop you know as as much as possible. Without giving away the state secrets, uh, what are those things you would have learned or would have have tweaked? Is there has your own philosophy changed or would you now view things differently from one year to the next? I think being probably um, kind of brutally honest here for myself, I think maybe, and this is no criticism on anyone else either, but just allowing allowing people to be assigned a task and just saying, you run that. And I'll add in a bit of feedback even there. There was maybe times in that first year um, where I wanted control of everything or I wanted to be, I need to be over everything. Whereas, you know, I have, you know, guys that guys that I trust, you know, in that coaching team and I can assign them that and they will do, you know, a brilliant job with it. But it was maybe just that from from the point of view, I felt like I had to be involved in everything. And maybe 
maybe because I ultimately I cared about it and but knowing that you can assign a task to someone and just allow them to get on with it and then I can worry about you know whatever whatever my main focus is you know I think there's probably probably been a couple of sleepless nights about you know oh geez what if the bus is late or what happens here but it's it's just even drawn back from that some things that you can't you know even even like the situation we're in now you know in in, in the world we couldn't have foreseen this we couldn't have you know you just have to be able to adapt in that situation you know um, and 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 no different for me even just maybe last year I, i'd say the team manager and, and the other coaches would say I, I maybe mellowed slightly as well in that i wasn't as uptight about different things or things going wrong because at the end of the day things are going to go wrong and we need to prepare for things going wrong it's certainly from a on on the rugby field, you know, we know what we do in a situation if this happens, or you know, um, or as well as we can do, you know, if 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 another situation pops up. So so yeah, even maybe just just letting go of the the control, letting letting go of the reins a bit more, and and just allowing you know the people with the different expertise to you know to 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 put their stamp and their mark on it. Um, certainly certainly that would have been from the first year, and even even bringing in people that you know for me. I I'd say there's areas of the game that I'm certainly better at coaching than others, and even realizing that is important. And knowing that okay, I need to bring in, for example, a scrum coach, or I need to bring in someone who has the expertise to be able to coach someone how to play tight head prop or, or loose head or how to hook, etc. And thankfully, we're in a position where you know we have access to all you know all those uh, those expertise across Connacht rugby and also across the the province province you know at the clubs etc i've managed people myself and i'm very much like that you know your job i have your back if you if you make a decision and it's not the right one but you make a decision i've got your back and given that feeling to people that are working with you that you have their back if something happens is so important well I, hmm. and you seem to have brought that into this year which is great yeah you know and yeah i, I absolutely agree probably i think that's the that you you've nailed it there spot on you know that yeah we, you know i think in that coaching team and then it can be you know even even though we're you know the summer program is it, you know, it's an intense number of weeks. You know, because you're literally training. You might have, you might get a friendly or two in, and then you're into you know an inter pro series, which obviously last year um, was five games, which was excellent from a from a development point of view. But it meant there was there was you know different challenges there as well. You know, and and from our point of view, we we felt we could use that to use the squad to use the full squad. Whereas the year before, because it was three games, kind of back to back. You know, we were fielding you know the the, the players that had done the job in the first match day, etc. Whereas last year we could give everyone the opportunity, and then we had the opportunity to, to bring that back down to um, for the semi-finals and you know finals kind of playoffs, etc. It's amazing to think how the addition of two games can really change your coaching outlook. Hundred percent, um, you know, and I think even even after initial discussions, you know, we we said, well, guys, this is a great opportunity for us to to use the full squad and. And then give the players the opportunity in a, in, in that match scenario to say, okay, you need to pick me or I'm going to take this opportunity to, to be wearing that jersey come the, come the semi final, et cetera. Um, and, and again, just to give, you know, all players that exposure to it is, you know, is, was, was great for us. Um, sometimes it's not always possible. Um, you know, there's different things, et cetera, you know, injuries. 
you know, you know, unavailability, you know, and, and, and all these different, different factors that come into play. But yeah, you, you have to, there's a couple of times you're kind of fighting with yourself sometimes as well in terms of, well, what do we do here? And, you know, you know, what happens with this, you know? So yeah, again, come back to all those scenarios you're kind of trying to, trying to plan for it. And then something crops up last minute and you might, you might have, you might get to one where you, you didn't think about it. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all fun and games, you know. Hopefully, we're not putting anyone off, off uh, getting involved with coaching you anyway. <laughs> no, no, like everything you say just makes me want to coach more. That I'm, I, I like that kind of on my feet, problem solving, working with people. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to work with people to be a good coach or to coach anyway. Yeah, you, you know that's that's a massive thing. You you, know, you have to be able to you know c- communicate with people, but then also know. Not everybody responds, you know, as we said earlier, you know, will respond to, to certain things in, in, in the same way. Um, and and even even though we're talking about coaching and et cetera and, and the interpros, but certainly for that, that under 18 age group, you know, it's also about we're trying to prove them as rugby players. We're also trying to improve them as people and, you know, give them that bit more kind of a, you know, life experience. And that's, you know, some of the other stuff we do off the field, you know, even just having a bit of, Bit of crack, or even a couple of couple of couple of challenges we'd throw in there, you know, to the squad, etc. So, even even you could see, and it was probably a it was a good moment for me, you know, as I say, even off the pitch. But when I saw some of the players that we had in the summer, again, at the the next time we saw them at one of the one of the kind of um, the training days, obviously in that environment, when new players come into it, they can be very shy and very, especially if there's players that know each other. You know, and have played against each other, or played with each other for for even maybe two or three years, and um, prior to that. But when you bring in someone else who's new to the environment, and and as we did, you know, we had had I think it was ten clubs represented, um, kind of in the squad last year compared to I think it was only five the year before. So again, it shows the you know the growth of the game, you know, around the around the clubs and around the province. But you know, you could see them, the players developed as people, you know, as well, and that's. That, that was something to be honest. I was I, I was pretty proud of, like even just you know having seen some of them and going that that experience meant something to them, you know, and they, and they have come on as people and you know and as players. That's great, and and you know it's kind of hoping using that experiences now to get through the tough times that that we're all going through now. It's like hopefully they can bring that on further into life. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I say we're all you know every every one of us that's involved in rugby and. You know, works in rugby, or, or or even just has an interest or a passion or a supporter. We're all missing it. You know, I think the um, I've seen seen loads of memes, etc. Of the you know day three or day five without sport, and you know it's kind of getting to the point where okay, well, it, this is what life's like without sport at the minute. But as I say, once it comes back, it will be it will be the thing that gets us through. You know, it will be the thing that brings us back together as well. Hopefully, you know the, the players out there are, are are using those experiences as well. But also, you know, we just need to look ahead and go. Okay, we're getting, you know, we're we're, we're getting closer to it, and and it will be back eventually. And you know, once we get back, we're going to give it our all, you know, and you know, even be using this time to even prep or or learn a bit more, you know, ahead of that that new season. You know, that's it. Like, there's nothing more we can do. And I was just going to say thank you very much for coming on with me and having a chat and just getting to talk about rugby and. Like your career to date has been fantastic and you're only going to go on to bigger and better things, I'm sure. Just stay safe over the next couple of weeks and months as this really weird time of sporting in Irish life continues. 
yeah, no, honestly, Porrig, it's been it's been great to be on, and, and thanks so much for having me. And uh, same, exact same to you. You know, stay safe, and you know, as I say, we'll we'll get through this. And 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 honestly, to you and to all the other you know people out there who are, who are working, even from the you know from the hospital staff to you know everyone, just you know, credit to you. Even it might be something that maybe seems small, but even just doing the podcast like this, etc. And even though you've had me talking talking nonsense for God knows how long, but uh, even just doing those things, even for me. It, you know, it helps me pass the time, and, and hopefully, I think I think the people out there, you know, will be doing the same. So, yeah, we look forward anyway to, to the next rugby season, and and hopefully, it's uh, it's sooner sooner rather than than later anyway. So, uh, like again, once again, thanks very much, Fraser. Uh, everyone, if follow me on the second row. That's two ND, not the word second on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'll be putting out content as I can throughout this really really weird phase of life we're going on but until friday when i'll be back on with rushing good luck and thanks again for listening